Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the WEEI Studios, the home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's time for WEEI Late Night with your Friday night host, the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the Hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing in Acton. You too can look as sharp as Rob Bradford. Gould'sClothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett. All right, welcome back. Friday night, late night with Jim Hackett. It is hour number two, the 11 o'clock hour. We've been talking about Christmas wish lists for your four Boston sports teams, and I'm kind of rolling in now that we're hour two to kind of get into 2023 expectations, the Patriots offseason, your expectations for the Red Sox, the Celtics as the number two seed, the Bruins as the number one seed. Let's get into the Red Sox a little bit because we were talking about them. I was talking about them, and I've been waxing poetic for weeks, months, about my displeasure, you know, and I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm a season ticket holder. I haven't renewed yet. I'm getting the calls, getting the calls, getting the emails. And if my uh, the guys I have the tickets with are listening right now, they're probably like, Jim, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> we got to renew. I'm not happy. I want to send the Red Sox, Red Sox a message, and I think the message is this. If you've been paying attention, High and Bloom has done a terrible job, a terrible job. Okay, so on my wish list is a time machine, which I'm not going to get so that we can undo everything that hasn't been done and has been done in four years. And I say hasn't been done first. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. How do you get to free agency with a guy like Xander Bogarts when he's 29 going on 30 years old? How do you get to that point? Didn't you see enough in 2016, 17, 18 when they won the World Series? 19, 20, 21 to not get to this point? And I cited the Cleveland Indians of the 90s under John Hart. And they signed Sandy Alomar, Roberto Alomar, Jim Tomey, Carlos Baerga, Omar Vizquel, Kenny Lofton, Manny Ramirez, you might remember him. And they traded him to the Red Sox when his contract, uh, they got, they, his contract was ready to go, the Red Sox went and got him. So, but he signed those guys when they were all like 21, 22, 23 years old. And if you don't know this, a baseball player's prime is 28 to 32. Look at the back of any baseball card, okay, in the history of the game. 28 to 32. That is the prime of a Major League Baseball player. So why are we waiting until Xander Bogarts is 29 going on 30 to wait for him and get surprised? Surprised that he signed such a huge contract? You could have been four years ahead of it. 
And the fact that they aren't ahead of it now with Devers, Devers gave you more. You saw more with Devers. They won the World Series with him at 18. He was hitting close to 30 bombs then. He was, what, 21, 22? Come on. How do we get to this point? You got some sound for me, Andrew, that we want to play about Bloom? Yeah, we got Dan Shaughnessy about This was from a couple of weeks ago, but it's still pretty prevalent. Let's listen. And, uh, fair or not, Dan, based on what you said here tonight, do you think that Heim Bloom is on the clock here as the Red Sox GM? Probably. They always need someone to blame. They never blame themselves. And we've seen this over the years, whether it's Ben Charrington, Dave Dombrowski, whoever. Lucchino, someone will be blamed. He's the fall guy probably. And he's not exactly on a winning streak as we have seen with that Chiron you just ran up there. That stuff, that's a, that's a bad streak he's on right now. And, you know, he can go back and say, yeah, we got Whitlock and they had some good things happen. But most of it's been bad, especially lately. And, and what you just showed is really bad. Yeah, I'm with Dan. Dan Shaughnessy is a straight shooter, particularly. I think he comes to life when he's talking about the Red Sox. You know what I mean? I really do. And and I'm with him in lockstep. Now, the owners, you know, John Henry, Tom Werner, and the ownership group, you know, they bear a lot of responsibility here. But honestly, the guy in the seat is Bloom. Now, you may question what John Henry's motives were to bring in a guy like Hyam Bloom. Clearly, in 2019, it's got that payroll down, right? You're coming off the heels of $217 million for David Price, but you, you also were coming off the World Series. You had dead money with Ruzne Castillo. You still had dead money from Pablo the Hutt. You had dead money from Hanley Ramirez. You had all sorts of dead money. So pare it down. What I thought we were getting with Hyam Bloom, who learned at the hip of the best to ever do it on a budget, Andrew Freedom, what I thought we were getting from him was the ability to fill the holes as these players either aged out of their contracts or the ones that you just couldn't retain. I didn't think he would deconstruct the entire core, that he would deconstruct a core of Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, potentially Rafael Devers, Christian Vasquez, Andrew Benintendi, a couple of guys that he went and got to, to make the team better. Hunter Renfro got rid of him for Jackie Bradley Jr. and a prospect we'll probably never see. His best stroke was Kyle Schwarber. But that was a value pick, too. They got Schwarber. He couldn't play for three weeks because he was hurt. That was a value pick. Do you hear where I'm going with this? He's a value shopper. So Henry might have been misguided in bringing him here. And he should know he's the wrong guy for this market. And not only is he the wrong guy for this market, if he took over a team that was fledgling, it's one thing. Now, they had an off year in 19. I get it. But the core of a 108-win team that won the World Series was still there. And there's but one person remaining. And I read the potential lineup last week, the lineup of what this team could be if Bloom signed the right guys. And it includes Betts, Bogarts, Devers, J.D., Schwarber, Trevor Story, Hunter Renfro, Vasquez. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? So, for my wish list for the Red Sox, I want a reality check for John Henry. And I want a new GM ASAP. I said it on my first show in this 10 to midnight slot on Friday nights on October 7th. I don't want Hyam Bloom at the switch for this offseason because it's a critically important offseason. And they blew it. They kept him in. And I just don't think this guy has the instincts. Trust someone who's been working in sales for 28 years. You need instincts. You need to know how to read your marketplace. You need to know how to read your competition. You need to know how to read the person and the agent across the table from you. 
This guy can't do it. He doesn't know when to strike. 617-779-7937. Sox expectations. What are your expectations for the Red Sox in 2023? I'll tell you, as it, as it currently stands, I have but one expectation for the Red Sox. Last place, AL East. Period, hard stop. Period, end of story. I like the closer they got. Okay. The kid from Japan, who knows? The thing I like potentially about that kid is he's got a low strikeout rate. He puts the ball in play. That usually translates well no matter what country you're playing baseball in. So probably be a good pickup. But they've got holes all over the place. Just lost your shortstop. And your third baseman, your best player, is disgruntled. And oh, by the way, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and wait for it, the Baltimore Orioles, all better than you. All better than you. Who's taking the hill opening day for the Red Sox? Nick Pavetta? Don't tell me it's Chris Sale, Andrew. Don't tell me it's Chris Sale. What is she? I love Chris Sale, but the person, and when he's out there, when he's actually out there. But when's he out there? What's next? The shoulder, the elbow, the oblique, the wrist. What's next with Chris Falling Sale? Falling off the bike while you're going to get lunch. Come on. Yeah, what is next? I mean, he's more. I, I was just in an orthopedic office today, and the gal, uh, Dr. Laurie Katz from Newt Wellesley Orthopedics, I did a commercial for her and them a couple of years ago because you know, it was like Humpty Dumpty. They, they, they put me back together again. I've had like six rotator cuff tears, and I got another one in the shoulder. So I'm one to talk about Chris Sale. But Jiminy Crickets, you can't count on him. So you got Chris Sale, who's. Too fragile to to play. That's a Christmas story reference, but it's Christmas. It's a good one. Too too fragile to to count on as a number one starter, even a two or a three. And then the other guy you fall back to is Nick Pavetta, who really, really on a World Series team is a high four, a solid three with two upside. Are you going to get Nate Evaldi back? He was part of that core. He was brilliant in 19. He's been better every year since. Probably not going to get him back either. Who is going to start opening day for the Red Sox? So we don't know that. I, you know, Trevor Story is it short. Who's at second? I mean, I don't know what is going on with this team. So my expectation for the Red Sox for 2023 as we approach the new year is last place. Where do you stand? 617-877. Nope. 617-779-7937. For the Patriots, I think this offseason is so much more important than the next three games. You know, hate to burst your bubble if you're getting ready for your tailgate tomorrow, but... The stakes went down appreciably after last week. You know, they went down appreciably. Sorry, they did. And uh, the Pats, what happens the next three weeks is of minor importance unless you start to see some fluidity and some glimmer of hope from Mac Jones. I don't expect to see that. No shade on him. I just don't think Matt Patricia is going to get any better at play calling and put him in a position to win. Now, the texter at 401 had a good point. And I said this earlier. You can't mope and whine and complain and act like John McEnroe when you're not playing well. And Mac Jones hasn't played well all year. So I think most of it is his supporting cast. And when I say that, I mean from the sideline. But some of it's on him. Some of it's on Mac. He hasn't played well. And he had his worst game at a really important time for that team. You know, the 2022 season could have been salvaged a little bit if you could have made the playoffs this year. But that that fleeting glimpse, as I said at the top, to quote David Gilmore from Pink Floyd, that fleeting glimpse, that disappeared Sunday, guys. Sorry. If you want to call and talk about the game tomorrow, I'll listen all day. I'll talk all day. But to me, it's the Patriots offseason. And when you think about the Patriots offseason, it goes back to my wish list. 
I want Robert Kraft to sit Bill Belichick down and find out what he was thinking and see if he can get him to change his ways. Can we bring someone in who can run the offense? And can we bring someone in with a different set of eyes, please? I've seen the Parcells-Belichick way for 27 years. It's been very successful. The branches aren't bearing any fruit anymore, guys. No pine cones, no leaves, no flowers. It damn near doesn't have any branches. Now it's starting to look like a stump. And speaking of stumps, do you want Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Brian Belichick, and Steve Belichick to be your future? I don't. I don't. So if you have to go out of the organization, not only would I recommend it, I actually think it's healthy. The second part of the Patriots offseason is what's the relationship between Mac and Bill? Is it repairable? Is it fractured to a point where one doesn't trust the other or one doesn't want to play for the other? I don't know. I think they're all reasonable questions. It could be something like if Bill is willing to do it and he really believes it, like a father, a fatherly moment or a big brotherly moment to kind of sit Mac down and say, hey, you know, look, it, we wronged you this year. We're going to get it right. Get someone in here who can nurture you and help you. Our bad. But I don't know. I don't know. But here's the problem. You have to give this kid another look because we just haven't seen enough. Which brings me to another point, which is Bailey Zappi. Now, the best the Patriots offense has looked all season long is when Zappi was under center. I mean, that's just the truth. That's the truth. Now, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, I sat here in this studio and I talked about the fact that Bailey Zappi had max protection nearly 50% of the time. He was in play action, which the Patriots weren't using for Mac Jones, over 33% of the time. All valid, all statistics, stats, real things, okay? So I just wanted to see Mac Jones have that same opportunity. In terms of opportunities, I think it has evened out a little bit. We've seen Mac, you know, um, in shotgun. We've seen him under center. We've seen them incorporate more play action. We've seen a little bit more diversity as unfluid as it is and uninnovative as it has been in the play calling. It's better than it was in the first three weeks of the season before Mac got hurt, and it's better than it was after the Bears game when Mac got embarrassed in front of the nation and then came back in. But that said, the template of comparison between those two is a little bit more even now. So here's a question for you, 617-779-7937. Would you be upset to see Bailey Zappi in the final three weeks of the season? I'll tell you where I stand. I would not. I would not be upset to see Bailey Zappi. In fact, it might give you a little bit more energy for the end of the year where December football around Christmas can be a little bit more meaningful because they took a lot of the meaning out of it last week in Las Vegas with that absurd ending and that terrible game they played where the Raiders just tried to give it to them and give it to them and give it to them, and they just couldn't take it. They wouldn't take it, and they couldn't take it. So, is Bailey Zappi an answer? Probably not. Maybe. I think it's worth a look. If Max struggles, I'm not against seeing Bailey Zappi. As ugly as that was against Chicago, as weird as that was, and how, as, as poorly as Bill Belichick handled it in the aftermath and before and during, I'm not against seeing Zappi. I'm really not. And then in 2023, in terms of expectations for the new year, I'll tell you one thing I do expect and I hope for is competition. Competition for Mac Jones, you know? I want Matt Patricia gone. I want Joe Judge gone or in a different role. I want a real offensive mind running the offense, okay? That's wish number one. But in terms of expectations, if Mac is going to be here, I wouldn't make it easy on him. 
I mean, they certainly didn't make it easy on him this year, but he hasn't also done his part. And I'm looking at Sunday's game as the most recent example. He hasn't done his part. So is Zappy enough to give Mac real competition? Maybe. Or do they hit the draft or they hit free agency and bring someone else in here to compete? I'm not against that. Where do you stand? 617-779-7937. We're going to trend. Take a break. More after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, more of Friday Night with the Hacksaw. Jim Hackett on WEEI. This week hasn't been status quo in Foxborough. The first 48 hours after that Vegas game, um, there were a lot of conversations about everything um, from play calling, play design, personnel. Um, I think if you look at the situation, I don't. They haven't shown that they're married to Mac. You know, just. just... That's Mike Giardi who was on uh, this week, I think yesterday, and he was talking a little bit about what's happening over at Foxborough as we are talking here, 617-779-7937. Calls are lined up. We're talking about your wish list for the Patriots and your expectations for them in 2023, your Christmas wish list. Same for the Red Sox, same for the Celtics, same for the Bruins. But we were just talking before the break about Mac Jones, and you know, I kind of surfaced the idea of you know what do you expect, and is there a real rift between Belichick and Mac? I think there is. I think it stems from putting him in the position they put him in with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, unqualified to be in the roles they are in at such a critical time for Mac Jones' development. But on the flip side of that, too, you know, Mac hasn't really earned the right to whine and gripe so publicly on the field and off as he has. And boy, the cameras are like TMZ, you know, catching all of it. And, you know, and if you're going to do that, as the texter from 401 points out, you got to be better than the lowest quarterback rating in the NFL, which is right where Mac Jones is. So look at, we know what it is in terms of play design, scheme, lack of innovation, lack of what I call sequence. They're not sequencing plays together. They don't have a philosophy. They don't have an identity on offense. And Mac has to kind of like muddle through that. And I sympathize with the guy, and I have. But he's not playing well either. He's not playing well because of that, but he's also not playing well within that. And he has actually played better within that than he did on Sunday. So the last thing that you saw wasn't good. And historically, when quarterback play isn't good, regardless of who the coach is, it's time for the backup. So would you be upset to see Bailey Zappi the last three weeks? I would not be. I would not be. And again, in 2023, is it irreparable between Mac and Bill? Probably not. 
but Bill needs to put whatever pettiness he has and defensiveness he has about putting Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in the position that he put them. Put that aside. If he really believes in his quarterback, then he needs to pump his tires a little bit and you know get this thing set for 2023. But that's part one of that for 2023. The other part for me is competition. And I want to talk about Bailey Zappi a little bit and not about replacing Mac Jones, but why I think there might be something there with him, okay? And, Andrew, maybe you can pull up the exact stats because I'm kind of rolling off the top of my head here. But, you know, Bailey Zappi threw the ball a ton at Western Kentucky. Like he slung it all over the field. And when you watched him from the second quarter of the Green Bay game in week three for the couple weeks that he played, he definitely looked like a guy who was used to slinging the ball. That's the takeaway I had. Now, they had max protection in there for him at 48.3% of the time. They ran play action nearly a third or maybe just over a third of the time. That makes a quarterback's life easy, particularly when you're running backs. At the time, you had a healthy Damian Harris and a healthy Ramondre Stevenson. So, you know, and the line was a lot healthier and playing better back then. I mean, they've been a train wreck for weeks. But in the early part of the season, other than that failed attempt to do that um, much ballyhooed zone blocking scheme, the protection was pretty good, okay? So, Bailey Zappi's template to work off of always felt a little more fair to me than what Mac Jones has had to deal with. But that conversation's a little bit old now for me, and I'm the one who kind of started it here, okay? We're six, eight weeks removed from that now. Now you're three weeks away. You've got a really low chance of making the playoffs, and even if you make it, you're not going to do anything with it. So are you interested in seeing Bailey Zappi, 617-779-7937? I'll tell you, I am, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it's more, not less about 2022, it's more about, it's more about next year. Can ba- Bailey Zappi be the guy who can give a little bit of competition to Mac Jones? Can Bailey Zappi be a guy who brings the most out of Mac Jones in 2023? And I, you know, I think there's something there with that kid. And it's, it's, he's not highly skilled, but he certainly looks confident with a football in his hands. He's willing to sling it because he slung it so much in college. And when you have that kind of mentality, he's just got that can-do, will-do mentality just to sling it around the field. That is desperately missing. And we only saw it in that two-game and three-quarter snapshot of Bailey Zappi. So I'm not against seeing it. Do I hope Mac Jones goes out tomorrow in front of the Foxborough faithful and puts out a good performance? I do. I hope he does. I hope he does. But if he doesn't, I'm not against seeing Zappy. Where do you stand? 617-779-7937. Andrew, what do you think? I've always been a Mac guy. I can't I can't not look at last season and say, okay, a rookie who went 10 and 7 was a top of the AFC of the AFC, you know, the conference in the middle of the season, led them to a playoff win. I know they got their doors blown off. No, playoff I think. loss. Playoff loss, excuse me. Yep. I, I know, I, I think it was more of the defense that really let you down in the last stretch of that season, more than anything. St- yeah, they couldn't stop the run. Right, right. They just, I mean, offense would come back, they would score a point, you know, a touchdown or two, but the defense could just not get on the field. We have could not get off the field. We'd see some glimmers of that too this year. Yeah. Saw it in the Ravens game where yeah. Mac was throwing the ball all over the field, especially to a guy like Devontae Parker, where at that point in the season, Everybody was questioning that relationship and if it was going to work. So am I against seeing Bailey Zappi? No. I think he has his weaknesses. You know, I, I think and it got a little explo- exposed during the Chicago game. Yep. But, I mean, depending on how Mac looks tomorrow, 
I'm not against it. It's I think I think the season is lost at this point. I think they would have There's to no win. question. It's lost. I think that they would have to win out. You'd have to have other teams lose. You'd have to have matter. a lot of help. It doesn't matter. Right? They, they're not going to win out. First of all, and if yeah. they and if they did, they just fall flat in their face in the oh, first round. Anyway. Especially they're not Bu- built for it, Andrew. They're yeah, especially if Buffalo say say they win their next two games, and you know teams like the Chargers, the Jets, Miami, they're they're losing. Which I, again, I highly doubt all of this. But let's just hypothetically speak. Yep. Let's say they do get to that. You know, they're two zero in the last three games of the season. You really think Sean McDermott and a team like the Bills are going to let the no. Patriots into the playoffs? No. Heck no. And here's the other part. Here's the other part. And thank you for weighing in, Andrew. I appreciate it. it. The bottom line is the Patriots don't deserve to make it. They don't deserve to make it. The Chargers deserve to make it, you know, as a low seed. That probably, but, but that's a team at least that they've got so much offensive talent and they've got so much defensive talent that if they got in, they might be able to upset somebody. The Patriots aren't upsetting anybody. They've scored more than two touchdowns on offense twice this year they have structure they've got they've got talent that too the charges have talent i mean eckler mike williams keenan allen josh palmer deandre carter they've got talent uh, not to and the quarterback um is escaping me right now uh, uh, herbert yeah i mean they've got talent derwin james on the other side of the field i mean that team has talent a wild card team is one of two things. They're either lucky to be there or there's someone you don't want to play. If the Patriots somehow made it, if they beat the Raiders last week and they somehow made it, no one would fear playing them. Even 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 with the game-planning genius of Bill Belichick, you can't fear the Patriots because they can't score. They can't score. And if you can't score, there's usually a problem with the offensive coordinator and the offense, which there is, and there's usually a problem with the quarterback, which there is. So what's your alternative? If it keeps going the wrong way, I think you got to see Zappy. And here's why. We don't know what we have in Mac Jones. We thought we did with the 10-7 and 7 season last year, as you just mentioned, Andrew. Um, we thought we, they, we did when he had a seven-game winning streak and a 9-4 record before the disaster in Indianapolis last year. But he hasn't played well in a year. And there's reasons for that. But part of that year was under Josh McDaniels, too. He had one good game after they fell out of first place. It was against Jacksonville. And that's not the Jacksonville Jaguars team you see today, which is looking a lot better. They stunk last year. Lawrence was lost. The owner was a joke. The player personnel guy was a joke. Urban Meyer for, like, what, four games I think he lost? Yeah, the coach was a joke. That team had given up, and the Pats dropped 52 on them. And their offense cumulatively has barely gotten 52 points since. So why not? Why not with Bailey Zappi? But in 2023... I think it's incumbent upon Bill Belichick, first of all, Robert Kraft, to talk to Bill Belichick. So let's go right down the tree. My expectations for 2023. Robert Kraft, have a serious conversation with Bill Belichick. Bill, we're not having another year like this. Go get an offensive coordinator, a real one. And I don't care if he comes from the parcels or, or, or Belichick, your own tree or not. Get someone in here who knows how to call offense, get along with them, make it work. Get a quarterback coach that Mac wants to talk to, not a rambling stooge like Joe Judge. Sorry, Joe, but I've heard you talk too many times. I wouldn't want to talk to you. You can talk to me if you want, 617-779-7937. Tell me what you think. But I think you two have done a terrible job, Patricia and Judge. So let's get that sorted out. Let's get that sorted out. Part two is, though, is the repair of the relationship with Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. And whether or not you think Mac Jones is the future or not, or whether or not you think Bill Belichick has one year, two year, or five years left is irrelevant because the 
2021 first-round draft capital that you invested in Mac Jones is still now an unknown asset because of what you did to the kid this year by injecting Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as his as his chief confidants, as his play caller. I mean, you can't do that and expect to understand what you have with Mac Jones, his progress. We need to know. The third part is this. He needs competition. What is going to bring the best out of a professional athlete? It's competition. And Bailey Zappi might be a little bit of competition. But I wouldn't end it there. I would try to draft someone. You might want to try to bring in someone as a free agent. They need, A, Bill Belichick to get on board with getting a real offensive coordinator and some outside eyes. Trust some outside eyes. B, you must repair Bill Belichick and Mac Jones's relationship if it is at all fractured. Because if it is, you're never going. If it is, you need to figure that out because you need to know what Mac Jones is. Is he your future or isn't he? We just don't know. And third, if he is going to be your future, you better get him some competition so that he's feeling the heat and you can see how he can deal with it. Because if he can't deal with it in the off season and training camp with competition in house. How do you think he's going to do on the field, no matter who his offensive coordinator is? So lots of questions on the Patriots heading into 2023. Expectations. Those are my expectations. For the Red Sox, I expect them to finish last. And the text line is lighting up at 37937 with people's expectations on the Red Sox. And people aren't happy. There's people I think we need to turn our back on Henry, as people have just been saying. I feel the same way. I'm a season ticket holder. I hate to break it to my friends that are listening, but I'm 50-50 on renewing. I don't want to renew. I want to send a statement to the Red Sox. I'm unhappy with them bringing in a Tampa Bay market-minded, small market person when you had a 2018 championship core that was all younger than their prime. I am upset about that. I am upset about it. I do not want him making decisions. I said it three months ago, and here we sit three and a half months later, and Xander Bogarts is gone. Raphael Devers is damn near gone. And your entire core from that championship team that Bloom inherited is gone. Expectations for the Celtics and the Bruins. I want to get to some fun stuff. It is Christmas, for, for heaven's sake. So let's talk about that. The Celtics are the number two seed in the conference. On Christmas Day at 5 o'clock, they take on the number one seed, the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that they ousted in the playoffs last year, a team that's two years removed from a championship. And I think, um, I expect these two teams that you're going to see on Christmas Day in the Eastern Conference Finals in the spring. That's my expectation. Are you concerned about the Celtics and their 4-6 and six, um, play in the last 10 games before tonight's win, uh, before, before, you know, prior to tonight's win? Um, Andrew interrupted me there and, and, and threw me for a loop there, but that's okay. But, you know, the Celtics sitting at the second seed, 23-10, and 10, coming off a win, I'm feeling pretty good about them. But before we get into the Celtics and the Bruins, let's take George in Rhode Island. He wants to talk about what I was talking about, which is the relationship between Mac and Bill. George, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. You guys do as well. Safe yeah. New Year coming right away. Yeah, Happy New Year. Um, <clears throat> I told you, producer, I goes, you know, Mac, he had a pretty good year last year considering what he had for a team. This year, it's just been totally reversed. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think uh got to get rid of the two circus coaches. Yep. I, I, and I'm not so sure the team wants to play with Mac, to be honest with you. Um, a few instances where he's come off the field, you know, waving his arms, yelling at people, this, that, and the other thing. I know he's high-strung. I know he gets into the game. 
I've played a lot of sports. I do the same thing. But at that level, I don't think it goes over well, especially within a short period of time he's been doing it. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to see uh, Matt Zappi there when they played the Lions. I went to that game. What would you think, and George? I think he's feels more comfortable out there. He looks more comfortable. He, he seems like he can move different or yeah. move better. He's more fluid. Uh, it looks like the team played harder for him. But at the same time, the Lions, they stink anyway. So, I mean, I don't think it's a fair barometer to judge him. Well, I definitely don't think Mac's got a fair shake here. And if I were Mac, personally, I'd say I want out of here. This, so, is, this is a joke. So, all right, so and George, thanks. That, yeah, thanks for the call, George. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you. I would say this. I think what George was saying in like in a, a lot of different points is kind of what we're saying, right? I, you know, Mac hasn't earned it to have it be his own uh, show next year. He hasn't earned it really to have it be his own show for the rest of the year. Um, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge certainly haven't put him in a good position, and they most certainly haven't earned the right to not only not have their roles next year, but to keep their jobs. You know, well, look at with, with nothing to play for, basically. I know mathematically they have a shot at the playoffs, but with essentially nothing to play for, how about this for a 2023 expectation? Can, can we get a glimpse at Nick Cayley to maybe say, hey, maybe in-house there is somebody? I've been saying for months they need outside eyes. Please, pretty please with sugar on top, give me outside eyes. But, you know, if you've got someone that's capable, why not give him a look now? Let's give him a look. And before we do that, let's get Mike and Newton, who's got uh, the Patriots. I uh, have a lot to figure out. I want to talk about the Pats and the Sox. Mike, Merry Christmas, my friend. Jim, Merry Christmas, man. Great show tonight. Thank you. Uh, it makes sense. It makes sense that you're focusing on the uh, the Red Sox and the Patriots because those are the two teams that obviously have glaring issues. Yeah. Uh, the Bruins are just unbelievable. I've never seen them play so good in my life. They my just, whole life, absolutely Mike. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they, they've they're, they're never just on fire. They're just absolutely on fire. They've never had scoring at all levels. I go back to when I, the first, my first memories of the Bruins are during the Don Cherry era, you know, and they mm-hmm. had, I think nine guys scoring 20 goals or more. And it's been since that yeah. long. It's been since that long, but yeah, make your point. Yeah. So. I mean, O'Reilly even got 20 goals. He did. Jonathan and, did. Stan Jonathan. Had yeah, 17 I know. It's yeah. like two of the biggest, two of the best fighters yeah. ever. Yeah. But so, I mean, but, you know, it's early on in the season. I wish them well. I hope they continue, and I hope they stay healthy. So that's my wish for both of those teams, Jim's health. Yep. Now, with you know, with the Red Sox, I thought by now, and we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago, I thought they would have made a splash by now. They would have signed someone. But you know what? They, You know, they let the market get ahead of them, yeah. and they should have never, ever let Xander Bogarts go to free agency. And, and that's why that once they did that, they, you know, I'm sorry, you toast. And then Korea went for even more money. So it's like, yeah. well, forget that. I, I wish them like sanity at the top, and and I wish Heimblum be fired. That's what I wish for the Red Sox because yeah. that will, you know, hopefully put things at least in the right direction. Now with the Patriots, I'm with you. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow with the Patriots, Jim. I mean, uh, I have no hope. I mean, for them, like as far as. You know, they could win the game, but I doubt it. I mean, they got, you know, what do they got? Jamar Chase and uh, Higgins and Boyd. Tyler Boyd, yep. yep. How are they going to cover all those guys? They're not. They can't. You know I mean, I, I don't see it. I don't see that defense covering that many guys. And, and, and uh, uh, Joe Burrow is just so confident. I think he's just going to tear right through them. The the sad thing, though, Jim, about the, the Pats and, and us wishing them, you know, for, for next year whatever, 
there's only I think there's only about ten teams that have a worse record for I them know. right now. So they would still be picking down towards the bottom of the first round at this point. Yeah. So like it's you know the draft isn't necessarily going to get you anything. So my wish for as I've said before and, and you said all along, Kraft has to do something. Kraft has to get involved. They have to have a they have to have some sort of meeting, Jim, and, and get this thing straight because. Though they did draft well, it seems okay. Yep. You know, last year, the last couple of years, um, it, you know, it was far from perfect. And that Tyquan Thornton, I mean, honestly. They don't even use like him. Yeah, they don't even people use him. No. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Mike. Thanks for the call. Great stuff from Mike, as, as always, every week. Mike's a loyal caller. We appreciate that. But it's true. You know, the Patriots, um, they're in a tough spot. They're in a tough spot. They're in a better spot than the Red Sox because money's coming off the books. But it's all going to be meaningless unless Kraft has that sit down with Belichick and says, Bill, we need a new set of eyes. You've got to be open to a new set of eyes and and some different ways because it just ain't working. And tell me, please list the best decisions that you've made the last four years. I'd just be sitting there waiting. Where are they? Quick break. Back after this. More of Late Night Friday Night. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, more of Friday Night with the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett on WEEI. Robert Kraft can't watch the gesticulations and histrionics on the field and see what happened on first and goal from the two the other day and not go to Mac at some point and say, so what's, what's going on here? And in that conversation, whether he says it or not, Bill Belichick will perceive that Mac is showing up either him, his decision, or... Everything Bill's all about. So that's what Mac has set up here. Yeah, I think Tom Carman's right on the money. Jim Hackett here, late night Friday night. As always, your Friday night host. It's been a lot of fun the last few months and talking a lot of Patriots. And uh, tonight I'm talking about the Patriots offseason, 2023, your expectations for all four teams. And been a lot of Patriots talk, a lot of texts at 379037, lots of calls, 617-779-7937. So if you want to get something in, you got a few minutes to do it before we wrap it up at uh, at midnight. But, you know, I'm what Tom Curran's saying. It's what I'm saying, too. I, I think there is a rift there between Mac and Bill. And the unfortunate, the most unfortunate thing about this season has been that we just don't know where we stand with Mac Jones. We don't know what he is because of the horror that Bill Belichick injected into his equation with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So, you know, you got to kind of throw this year out. But all the while, Mac hasn't played well. 
He's kind of showed up as coordinator, he's, which by extension shows up as coach. So I agree with Curran. There's something there. So I'm asking for a couple things, which is next year, Belichick, they get sat down by Kraft, hard conversations. Look, we need outside eyes. We need different thinking. You need to evolve. You need to change or be willing to different opinions because I don't see this going the right way. The trajectory is pointing straight down the last four years since Brady walked out. So, you know, put up or shut up time. And then with, with, with Mac, you know, if Belichick's going to be here, we need to know what Mac is. He invested first-round draft capital in him just a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago in 2021, and we have more questions now than we did when he was, you know, doing the gritty at the Pro Bowl last year. So that's a problem. And then competition. I think competition's healthy. That's been proven here. It's been proven in sports since the dawn of time, but it's been proven here specifically in football in New England. So, you know, give Billy Zappi a, a shot in the arm. Maybe give him a little run down this stretch run because there's nothing at stake. You can call and tell me all night if, uh, you know, you think the Patriots have a mathematical chance. They have to go for it. If sure, if of course they do. But if Mac plays like he did Sunday against the Raiders, you don't want to see Zappi? I think you're nuts. I, I want to see him. And then next year, too, in 2023, I don't think it ends with Zappi. I think you need more competition. Draft someone. Pick up a free agent. Something. Make it harder. I don't mean harder in terms of coordinating a lousy scheme, which they've done really well this year since training camp. I mean competition to get the best out of them. You know? Before we break and before we hit the top of the hour, I do want to give um, a little shout-out to the Celtics and the Bruins. You know, we talk a lot about the Red Sox and their trials and the Patriots and their trials in this space. But, you know, the Bruins are 27 and 4 and 2. They won again tonight. They were down 1 to nothing. They won 4 to 3. They got two out of uh, Pasternak. They got a goal from Bergeron and DeBrusque. They're just doing it at all levels. And and you got to go to the garden. You got to get to Causeway Street. You got to go enjoy this team because you know Mike and Newton and I were just talking uh, back before the break. I haven't seen a Bruins team be able to score like this since I was in single digits during the Don Cherry era. The 1979 team, I believe they had nine players with 20 goals or more. And you heard Mike and Newton and I talking about it. Stan Jonathan was a goon. He had 20 goals. John Wensink was a goon. He had 20 goals. Terry, Terry O'Reilly could fight. He was no goon. He was a good hockey player. He's a Bruins Hall of Famer. Um, he had 20-plus goals. They had great talents on that team, guys that could score from anywhere. And this team is just like that. They play wide-open hockey. They're a blast. So my expectation for the Bruins, first I'll give you my wish list for them. I said this last week. Just give me health. I've never seen a Bruins team with this depth of offense and the goaltending and the sheer guts and speed on defense to get involved in offense and get back on defense. What a, what a team. So just give me health. That's my wish list for Christmas for the Bruins. And then in the spring, how about some puck luck? The Boston Bruins in my lifetime, haven't had a whole lot of puck luck. They really haven't. So can we get some puck luck? Just a couple bounces. Health and a couple bounces. Do you have any doubt that the Boston Bruins can't win the Stanley Cup? I have no doubt. And that's my expectation, that they will have a nice, long playoff run. And I think their window's short, unfortunately, right? Because they just brought Krejci back. Bergeron's at or near retirement. You know, it's, it's a darn shame that they are where they are in terms of age because I love this team. So it gives them a really short window, and I want to I want them to uh, capitalize on that. For the Celtics, I expect them to be right back where they were. I think it's going to be a fight. And if you're worried about what's happened the last like, 10 days or so, I'm not so worried. I do, though, think there are a couple things that they need. And I cited this last week, my wish list for the Celtics. 
the wisdom of an elder. And what I mean by that is the better Jason Tatum gets, you don't just see it and call sports radio and say he's going to be an MVP the competition season. So what do they do? They double down, they triple down, they make life hard. The wisdom of an elder, be it for Jason Tatum himself, be it from Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown or Al Horford around him saying, hey, try this, drive to the hoop more, get to the line more and they'll play off of you. Or maybe his young coach, Joe Mazzula, the wisdom of an elder. And a young man can have that. You can have the wisdom of an elder, you know? So that's the big thing I wish for for them. And the other one is critically important. I talked about this last week in the 80s. You know, the Celtics would play the Lakers twice a year. They play them once at the Garden. They play them once out in L.A. And those regular season games meant something because you knew what it was all going to come down to. You knew it was going to come down to the Celtics and the Lakers in the finals. So if you were watching the Celtics against Golden State uh, a little over a week ago um, or almost two weeks ago now, then you didn't leave that night happy, did you, watching it on your couch? It was a boring game. The Celtics were never in it, and Golden State really locked down Jason Tatum. And that was a concern. It's kind of been a template for the last 10 days that have, of games that have happened since. So, eclipsing the final hurdle is the other one for the Celtics. Can you get over that final hurdle? And to me, that is the next time you play Golden State, you got to beat them. You got to send a message. So, that's my wish list for the Celtics. In terms of expectations for the Celtics and the Bruins, I expect them both to be there. And if you could just give me health and a little puck luck for the Bruins, I think they can do it. And if the Celtics can gain the wisdom of an elder and eclipse that final hurdle, a regular season win against the Golden State Warriors, I think they've got a shot. Can we sneak in Bill in Florida for before we break? We got one minute. One minute, Bill. Hey, I only need about 13 seconds. So That's all you got. Merry Go. Christmas to you. And <laughs> my Christmas. wish is that they fire Bill Belichick and they hire Eric Bieniemy. Ooh, I said that last week. Thank you, Bill. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like that call. I like that call. If you could overpay Eric Bieniemy to be your offensive coordinator and get the keys to the Cadillac, that'd be even better because then you'd have Belichick and Bieniemy. But hey, look at if you got a shot at Bieniemy, I'm going to throw my gauntlet down. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. So, bye-bye, Bill. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you guys. I hope you all get your wish list from Santa. I would love to hear your expectations for 2023 when we're back next Friday night. Uh, we'll have some announcements in that show. And I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful uh, holiday season. If you're going to the Pats game tomorrow, God bless you. See if you can get them over the hump. So long, everybody. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.